All right, welcome to episode two of the Berean Bible Prophecy Podcast. This is Bob McLaren. Uh, in the first episode, we talked about the search for truth and the need to be as conservative as possible in how we interpret Scripture uh, because there are so many fallacies and myths and very, very loosely supported prophecy theories, along with other doctrines as well, but uh, focusing in on Bible prophecy, so many, so much terminology and theology and theories are, are based on Scripture that just doesn't exist to support it. So uh, uh, what it does, it gives us the freedom when we are, uh, and I, when we are conservative or or in other words, we're going to scrutinize absolutely every uh, case of someone's theory. That's that's what I want to do here and present evidence that would lead one way or the other. But I want to I want to focus on where Scripture takes us and be courageous enough to follow that path and cast off any predetermined ideas that we've got. And uh, it's it's okay to speculate as long as we don't use the speculation to interpret our scripture or as a support in any way. So uh, long recap, we're going to hold to the truth and what is what we see is supported by scripture the best we can. So no external, histories and which lead to all kinds of craziness uh, as you have probably seen on your own so this episode what i want to talk uh, about is another area of misconception and that is apostasy and i see this word thrown around all uh, thrown all all over the place and 99% of the time that I hear the word apostasy used within within Christianity, it it is used as in the context of modern day Christians or churches being tolerant of sin, carnality, casual Christian, full of sin, and however you want to define those behaviors, and nobody Nobody ever defines the behaviors of apostasy. They point the finger at the church, and the church is not the building. So we know the church is people. So they're pointing their finger at their fellow members that they sit beside on Sunday morning, and they are saying that the the modern-day church is apostate right now because they're tolerant of sin. And again, they never define the behavior. Now, they, they might have a couple of items on their list, but they never bring them forth. Uh, one reason I just don't see this as being the case, and we'll have scripture that will seal the deal on this, that sin or the tolerance of sin or increase of sin cannot be apostasy as defined by scripture. But to uh, finish the thought on accusers within the church accusing others around them 
I just want to say, if you that might have held that criticism might have held some weight 50 years ago when 90% of Western countries uh, were in church, and we'll just constrain this to the United States and even the Bible Belt, where almost everybody in his neighbor would get up and go to church of whatever uh, their denomination is. Those days are over, and today, I don't know what the percentage is, but it isn't, it isn't much at all. So the people that are accusing the church of being apostate right now, they need to, they need to look at their own argument and see that, what is it, 3%, 5%, maybe 7 are those that still get up on a Sunday morning and roll out of bed, clean up, put their clothes on, and, and go to church at least uh, twice a month probably, I think is the average uh, of those who attend regularly. But they're still doing that. So who is the criticism aimed at if those are the people that tend to be living under the most bondage to sin management? Nobody else in society is is uh, walking or not walking in liberty as, as much of the church is bound in trying to free themselves from sin because they don't understand they've been covered by the blood of Christ, that they've been given freedom. They're always bound by their next sin and confessing it uh, reducing the amount of sin, whatever whatever definition they have in their head or that they're taught that that increases or helps or uh, is fruit in their eyes of living out their sanctification or justification. They certainly aren't walking in liberty. So outside of that building, most people don't care about their sin or uh, certainly people live many people live morally whether they are in church or not but uh, it doesn't appear that they're stressing out over their sin uh, as Christians mostly do so I just don't see how sin could be the definition of what Paul was talking about when he mentioned latter days apostasy uh, we'll examine those scriptures that explicitly talk about it. Second area is a lot of times I've the second and not nearly as common, but uh, a definition of apostasy. They'll place it on the Catholic Church, and what it looks like they're just they're trying to support their their theory that Catholicism, the Pope, and Rome, and all that is the Antichrist and Mystery Babylon and uh, the king, the ten kings, and the all that, all the symbology. There is a way to make that make revelation fit just about any theory that we could come up with. So we, there has to be a way that we can uh, discern the truth from fiction, and the only means we have is by scripture and what Paul and the other writers have to say. 
So I'm not buying the Catholic Church uh, for many reasons, and we'll get to those later uh, down the line in this podcast. So it isn't sin or the increase of sin. It isn't the Catholic Church or some other uh, religion that has now gone off the rails because I wouldn't consider, you know, many great people in the Catholic, uh, let's call them a denomination, uh, many great people, but I would never consider that their theology to have been on the rails to have later come off. And furthermore, in leading to Scripture, it does look like that uh, Paul was talking about a specific time, and uh, we are going to take a look at that right now. And that is 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, I'll read. And I am going to take a look at the... I'll look at the NASB, maybe the KJV. So 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. That was the NASB. Uh, You can read it in your favorite version or translation. I don't believe there's much difference there across the board. So here's what I'm drawn to when I hear Paul talk about apostasy. And in the KJV and in the Greek, it's that word. I'm not going to read the Greek, but the word is apostasy, falling away uh, from a previous position. And Paul specifically calls out behaviors, forbidding marriage and advocating abstinence from foods. Uh, Let's look at the KJV and see. It says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. And I'm looking at the Greek. Uh, The strong says, food literally or figuratively, especially ceremonial articles allowed or forbidden by the Jewish law, meat or victuals. When I see this, uh, to me, most of what Daniel and Paul and what we see in Revelation written by John, it, it appears to reinforce a, an interpretation that is, if we're going to be close and tight uh, and tight to Scripture as we possibly can, this looks like a latter days movement back towards law in some form or fashion. And we see some of the Hebraic roots uh, seem on YouTube and conferences, things like that. They uh, hold to Christ, but they are certainly 
embracing feast and beyond feast, uh, they are uh, big advocates and can can paint a very uh, convincing picture that if you are a Christian, you ought to be following the law, or they'll say the Torah. Well, I've yet to hear many, or if, if any, I've yet to hear anyone define what part of it, how much, any specifics, the Ten Commandments or beyond. I, we know it's not the Ten Commandments because they they always harp on you need to be celebrating the Jewish feast or the Sabbath uh, on Saturday or whatever they're standing on. And yet they never draw the circle or, or create a list of these things are required by someone who claims to be a believer in Christ. We, this may not be the true interpretation. We may not see a mass movement uh, back to the law, by Gentiles anyway. And the more I think about this, I believe this is uh, concerning the Jews primarily because there's much more evidence to support uh, the man of sin, the falling away, the great apostasy that Paul talks about in uh, 2 Thessalonians 2 and uh, the timing of the abomination of desolation. This looks like this could take place uh, with all the other things that we see happening in Scripture from Daniel and uh, and Second Thessalonians and and obviously Revelation. Um, let me move on to Second Thessalonians, and we will see what else Paul says. And this is the KJV. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the, our gathering together unto him, uh, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. When I see that, I just naturally tie the apostasy very tightly to the revelation of the man of sin, uh, the one who's going to take the throne, the one who will be the object of the abomination of desolation and will call, uh, who the false prophet will call all to worship. Um, I don't see any reason why these should be separated by a, a large amount of time or some type of gradual apostasy. When I, when I hear the term great apostasy and uh, not sure where that 
term is used and maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a false claim, but I'm pretty sure that that phrase is legit within scripture. We'll assume for now. When I hear the word great apostasy, I don't see how it could happen until we see this, what Paul is saying in Second Thessalonians 2, that a man of sin is revealed, he exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped and uh, see, takes a seat in the temple of God. I, I, don't, I don't see how there's a better explanation of that being the great apostasy and the major apostasy. Uh, everything else to me is just uh, flesh, uh, sin. Christ talks about, in Matthew 24, he talks about because of, uh, let's go there. And this isn't apostasy, but it is certainly a very explicit uh, warning sign. Some of these are, some of the signs may be difficult to uh, to interpret, or you see something that you think might be a uh, a sign that has been written about either in Matthew or or by Paul, but one that I think should be pretty evident to us is where Jesus says in Matthew twelve, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Let's see what uh, modern English says there. NASB, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. That That is scary, stunning, eye-opening. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. I want you to think about, this is uh, 2019, mid-September 2019, and I want you to think about just the level of violence. Let's exclude wars. Let's just talk about on the streets. You're walking down a city street amongst strangers, and depending on what city you are uh, in, this this time frame could go back even farther, but uh, I live in the South, live in Nashville, and uh, we've got such a great city. Uh, there are no strangers. We do have our big city or mid to big city issues, but when I read the news, it's almost daily that I see something about uh, either road rage where some trivial thing someone is killed over or somebody is walking down the street and is killed or hurt significantly, maimed for life because somebody punches them in the face while they're walking down the sidewalk just as a game for sport. And we see that in the news all the time now. Five, six, ten years ago, was not the case. Sure, there was violence. And if you walk down a dark alley at 3 a.m., that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about walking down a sidewalk in broad daylight, and for the sport of it, somebody walks up, or a dare, 
and clocks somebody else on the jaw and they end up killing or hurting them significantly. That is happening more and more. And it sure looks like we're going to see even more of it. So I think that's something, though that is not apostasy. I think it, uh, you know, getting off the track here, it is certainly a sign that we could probably identify as already beginning or we're seeing a, a, a foreshadowing of uh, what is to come later. Uh, so let me sum up. Uh, you know, we covered most of the time the word apostasy is taken by Christians to be the church falling into sin. It may be the case, but Scripture only speaks of apostasy as the church falling from grace into law and religiosity. And we can certainly see the evidence with Scripture saying forbidding of marriage and abstinence from foods and etc. This reinforces an expectation that the old covenant law will be reinforced, or at least we could be looking for that. may not happen, but we are, at least the light we have right now, that's what we're expecting. If not, we, we look at other things and we're always testing uh, what we believe uh, at the current moment, where our stake's in the ground, we're ready to pick them up and, and move them uh, based on more light in Scripture as, we, as God gives knowledge. So uh, we also know that many false Christs are going to come forth, many claim that Third Temple is imminent, but uh, what could open overnight, who knows, the, the, the recovery of the Ark of the Covenant, who knows? Maybe we never see it again, or maybe it shows up uh, supernaturally through some archaeological find or the Israel Israeli government has had. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, if that ark showed up, you better believe Christians and Jews worldwide would welcome the daily sacrifice Now get this, even though we know that's an abomination before God. I'm going to repeat that. If the the ark showed up somehow, some way, Christians and Jews worldwide, and I believe uh, unbelievers as well, would line up overnight in that, to... uh, for the opportunity to sacrifice upon that historic and incredible relic. It'd be the greatest find of all time. Even though that sacrifice would be an abomination before God, Christians would do it. That would lead, that would set the table for the abomination of desolation where a man steps forth claiming to be above all that is God and all other gods. I'll end with that. I'll uh, catch you next time around with, and uh, we'll get through these misconceptions quickly and move on to uh, uh, edge ideas. Um, And uh, next episode, I'll, 
pass on some uh, prophecy sources that I see, that I look at and listen to, and uh, why I like them. Primarily because they are free thinkers. They do not hold to, uh, they just allow their research to generate new ideas and any, they just follow where their evidence leads, even though it may be wrong at the moment. We're always testing, but uh, these, the ones I listen to are out of the box. They're seeing scripture with new eyes. And uh, all we're doing is being a Berean and double checking what they claim to interpret their way. And we look and see if it's reasonably supported by scripture. And if it is, we just bring it into our our uh, template of the end days and uh, use it as another piece of the puzzle. I will talk to you next time. Thank you.